Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. day unfolds challenge what the future holds try and keep your head up to the sky lovers they may cause you tears go ahead release your fears stand up and be counted don't be ashamed to cry you gotta be you gotta be bad you gotta be bold you gotta be wiser You gotta be hard, you gotta be tough, you gotta be stronger. You gotta be cool, you gotta be calm, you gotta stay together. All I know, all I know, will never save the day. (laughs) I really like that song. I really like that song. That's 90s? Yeah. Sweet, sweet 90s. I know, lovely 90s. It seems to always hit me when I need it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, okay, you gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta be. (laughs) I'm pretty sure my mom had that tape. Also, I know my mom listens to every episode, so <laughs> I'm sure she'll dig it. Then. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be like, "I had that tape in." in it's my- by Desiree. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that tape. That sounds legit. Yeah. 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 Remember rewinding Takers. tapes? Uh, I do. Anyway, that was wild. Yeah, it was a wild time we lived in. I know, right? I think Savage Garden was my favorite Ooh. tape back in the day. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I had. A Garth Brooks tape. Oh, very nice. That was a pretty solid one. Yeah. Thunder rolls. The lightning <laughs> strikes. Downch down. Anyway, <laughs> it. I, it's funny because I'm not really a big country fan, but for whatever reason, Garth Brooks did it for me. Hey, he's got he's got some bangers. He does it for everybody. I think. I think so. So welcome back, folks. This is our show, Shit Your Shrink Thinks. This is a show where two shrinks talk about things they think about mental health. We try skills that we give to you, and we often present new skills and ideas. We try to do it with a little bit of humor and a little bit of a fun way, not so boring. Right. Our our reviews say, quote, I didn't know I was learning. And that's kind of where... That's the hope. Yeah. Yeah. We want to help you to learn something, but through entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. We're not actually... (laughs) interested in making that a painful experience because a lot of times it is also we have a hard time learning so (laughs) we wanted to make it easy for other people so as you guys might remember we are still learning about each other here on the podcast and we usually share a story that the other co-host might not know about us so we got a what's good section so what's good with you this week Michaela? So my what's good, it's kind of on topic okay for the podcast today and our topic is resilience today correct This is a little poem that I came across. I like poems. Yeah. And it just, it really resonated. You are allowed to break. Everything does. The stars grow tired and fall. The waves crash against rocks and shores. Trees fall for both storms and wind, leaving behind seeds and saplings, so a version of them may grow again. Storm clouds part for rain, then part for sun to come through. Night must break for day. And day for night in a cycle. 
The world is made of broken things, piecing themselves back together. This is what gives us the most resilient stories. So why do you think that you were made any differently than the night and the storm cloud? You know how to pull yourself back together again, too, just as well as they do. Take heart that you have managed to rebuild yourself a thousand times after every bad day, and that is no small thing. Oh, that's beautiful. I like to think of myself as the night and a storm cloud quite often, so <laughs> <laughs> more in like a, a, a scary way. I am the night and I am uh, I am, I am the, the storm. Night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> more <Batman> like esque. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going with that. I, I really think of it as a dark night sort of threatening thing, but this is sweet and kind and resiliency focused. I yes. like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So what is your what's good, Sunny? My what's good is that my human baby child began to sleep more this week and I'm mm-hmm. like a new person. And it just, it, it's so interesting how sleep is just, I've talked about this, yes. but it is the foundational human experience that leads to positive or negative mental health outcomes. I yeah. mean, we just always need to be focusing in on our sleep. If we're not sleeping well, our mental health is just going to take a deuce, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And that is something that I noticed. I, I was like, it's all over. Nothing is good. Nothing <laughs> matters. We're all going to die. And then I slept two extra hours and I was like, oh, okay. We're good. I can survive now. Yeah. I can well, probably shoot. do this. I mean, you had that whole experience too where you were really struggling earlier. Yes. You know, during the pregnancy. Yes. Sleep. Yes. Yeah. I, it was a deep, deep lack of sleep. And so now I am just, I feel like I am immortal, maybe. I've gained some sort of a level of, <laughs> I've level gone, up. yeah, I've gone super saiyan at this point, having an extra hour or two of sleep. And yeah, so that's been my what's good this week. I feel manic because I had two extra hours of sleep. <laughs> and I'm very excited about it. Whoop, whoop. So what did you try for outside of podcast experiment? How'd it go? Mine was just to be a little bit more conscientious when I'm conducting my mental status exams. And I did okay. I mean, I never don't do it. Uh Uh-huh. So I just kind of tapped in and made sure that I was legit paying attention. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So it was was fine. It wasn't anything too exciting or exhilarating. Just it was good to be a little more conscientious of it, I guess. Right on, right on. I I also just tried to make note of the mental status mm-hmm. stuff. It just tried to bring some of the automatic processes back into the forefront of my right. mind as if, okay, if I were teaching this to somebody else, what would I be doing so right. that I just noticed it more? And I did find I picked, I picked up on a little bit more mm-hmm. just making it clear to myself what I was actually asking. I noticed more about the patient's nonverbals. I noticed right. a little bit more about... Their, their thinking patterns, that stuff. It was little, but it makes a difference. So yeah, yeah. Different good. things that I maybe didn't, wouldn't have noted before because I was just like, eh, eh. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I should note that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then I also tried, I've been trying to just focus a little bit more on things that, you know, give you a sense of freedom, becoming a parent, and yeah. how that changes your sense of freedom and what you can do. And so I, I've found that, so far, I found that music, listening to music enhances my sense of freedom. Going on little drives enhances my sense of freedom. Hanging out with friends enhances my sense of freedom. And then the new thing I found was that even like short day trips where you go to something where it's just a little geographically different than mm-hmm. where you were, even if it's just driving distance and you hike around, stand on top of tall things, shout into the, you know, great beyond or whatever. Love it. 
that some people do, not me, of course. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> uh, that that actually seems to help. Being by rivers and bluffs and things like that seems yeah. to help me feel a little bit more. And you can actually take your kiddo on things like that. So even if you can't get away, it's sometimes possible to still have that sense of freedom. Right, because you're even so. physically getting away. Yeah. yeah. Even if the – yeah. <laughs> little gremlin is attached yeah i have been calling this child the gargoyle so <laughs> the gargoyle when he comes with me i'm like all right spread your wings little gargoyle we're going <laughs> so yeah so that has been also an interesting homework and it's just it's going to be ongoing for me for i sure. think and i'm enjoying it well and as everything progresses and changes i mean It'll it'll be ongoing for the next life twenty some you know, yeah, 30 yeah, some years yeah yeah <laughs> exactly you it's it's a life project it's right. a new life project that I'm doing it's yes. fun it's it actually is a fun life project and yeah so this week we're going to be talking about what mental resilience okay tell me more we've previously talked about risk first resilience exploring those aces which is the adverse childhood events and resiliency factors which was back in episode 27. So take a listen if you don't remember. Yeah. But this week, we are going to dive a little deeper into what influences an individual's ability to foster resilience. Right. So every person at some point throughout the course of their lifetime has experienced tragedy, stress, misfortune. So how is it that two people can have similar experiences and situation, but one person appears to be swallowed whole by that event and the other person not only survives, but they even appear to kind of excel after. They get something out of it. Yeah. yeah. And often the difference is resiliency. Mm-hmm. So what is resilience? Resilience is our ability to look at something in the hairy eyeball that is challenging, <laughs> overcome it, uh, get better from it, and even be strengthened afterwards. So have some sort of traumatic growth would be another way to describe that. Without having this, there's really no possibility to get better after failure or to continue after failure. And we all have to have some level of this. So everybody has resilience. Right. The not... fact that you're alive and breathing means you have some resilience. Right. It's just, <laughs> we, we are just going to focus on how to capitalize on your individual brand of resilience. Whatever things that you seem to hold, we want to focus on those. Right. And many people think there are kind of like two simple paths after a different circumstance, like either a person is going to suffer or they're going to persevere. Like it's a flip of a coin and out of our control. Yeah. And there's just nothing you can do about it. Right. It's random. Right. Not true. But yeah, it's so much more complex. And there's a fair amount that is within our control to help influence that and help us succeed. Right. So a tragedy could happen. And depending on whether you have certain protective factors like a support system, community, relationships, physical health, if you have good perspective, if you're kind of looking at things through optimistic views, recognizing things are temporary, those kinds of things can help us be more successful Mm -hmm. on the outcome. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we have zero protective factors, if we're not doing any self-care or seeking any support and we tend to be a little pessimistic probably more likely to end on the suffering coin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have have a more uh, negative outcome, certainly. And, and when we get to optimism, so this is like a pet peeve of mine, I think people think of that as the to- toxic positivity. Right. They think of that as like, it'll all be all right, just move on, that sort of thing. No. We're not talking about that. No. We are talking about actual true blue optimism, which is a different thing. So we'll get to that, though. Right. The research suggests that there's 
pre-event protective factors and post-event protective factors. So these are things that you already possess as a person before a bad thing happens Mm -hmm. or things that you will do afterwards. So what are pre-event protective factors? Give us a little more info. So these are kind of individual personality factors, social group factors, and community factors. Mm -hmm. We're just going to start with individual personality factors. Yes. Having a feeling of self-efficacy, that is your belief in your ability to complete a specific task. Fun fact, that's what my dissertation was on. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Believe it or not. That that surprised nobody. Your ability, your confidence in yourself predicting your actual success. Right. And we know that self-advocacy, I believe I have the efficacy to do X, Y, or Z thing. Right. Regardless of skills or training level actually does predict people's outcomes and their ability to truly complete those things. Yeah. Believing in yourself is a big effing deal and believing mm-hmm. like you have some control and choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. That you, that your life is within your power to evolve. Right. And then fostering some talent, some mastery, focusing on those things that you are good at and that you do enjoy. Mm-hmm. You're not spending your whole day focusing on all the things that are miserable. You're doing the things that help you grow and that help you feel good about yourself. Yeah, you're leaning into your personal strengths. Right. Not what you think you should be good at, but what you're actually good at. Right. You want to have some positive problem-solving skills as a pre-event protective factor. So being a planner, problem-solving, and optimism, that tends to help. You want to be regularly engaging in various types of self-care. So before this event happens... You're already using self-care skills. You're already trying to take care of your physical health, right? We need that sleep, like we said a billion times. Sleep is just such a good pre-event protective factor. Basically, you can conceptualize a lot of these things you're talking about as just having almost like a financial backup plan, right? right? So imagine you have a bunch of money in the bank for when an oh shit event happens. This is having mental health currency in the bank for when an oh shit event happens so that you can make a withdrawal and not overdraft. Right. Yeah. So sleep, exercise, stretching, kind of having at least a healthy-ish diet. Mm -hmm. Those things are important for our physical health. Taking care of your emotional health. So having some kind of skills and awareness in how to regulate your mood, emotions, having compassion for others and yourself, having some emotional maturity. So we can see that taking care of your emotional health, maybe something like going to therapy, not only does it help after the fact, it could help prior. Right. You know, it could be like a preventative issue. Right. And then having, again, those personal hobbies. So you're doing those things that are fostering your talents. You you're have a work-life balance. You have some boundaries. You know, mm-hmm. again, we're not, not all our eggs are in one basket. Yes. We have a billion different baskets. Yeah. Con- <laughs> continuing that uh, financial analogy, diversifying your assets. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because when one of those baskets gets hit, yeah. <laughs> you still have the other basket. Or we can think of it a little bit like a war, which is <laughs> maybe more how I think about it. It's a war out there and you don't have all of your military force on one base right you have them spread out on different bases and you don't you have different strategic you know your navy is here your air force is here you've got a place for the president to go when shit hits the fan you have right a, a backup plan bcd so that when one thing gets bombed you're it's whatever right sucks sucks bad but it's also okay right yeah you're not just again you're not leaning on one hobby it's not like this one hobby is the only thing that i use and if that hobby is somehow unable to be done now because of this oh shit event you're fucked yeah so you have to have that diversifying of 
I'm so concrete today. Like the military, <laughs> money. Like I'm just very concrete apparently. <laughs> eh. Yeah. It's a good way to conceptualize. Yeah. You'll be like, you'll be the go with the flow kind of what's her butt, Phoebe and friends or like Dharm- <laughs> Dharma and Dharma and Greg. I'll be your Greg today. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll be the like boring lawyer. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry for attorneys out there. I actually like you guys a lot. Some of my best friends are attorneys. Question nice. mark? Question mark? <laughs> yes. Anyway, so I'll be the boring attorney here. I don't think you're boring. Aw, you're being mean to yourself. Aw, aw. <laughs> See, that's a Dharma thing to say. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Such a Phoebe thing. <laughs> so again, also then our social group. So that's another protective factor. Who we spend time the most with. Do we have people in our life that are safe, reliable, Mm -hmm. consistent? Do we have people in our life that are modeling those positive thought and emotion regulation skills? Do we have people in our lives that are providing helpful outside perspective? So in other words, there's an opportunity to manage like an argument or disappointment in a healthy way. Like they're not just telling you what you want to hear. They're not just talking some bullshit. They're They're not negative Nancys. Yeah. They're constructive and helpful and caring. Yeah. They're consistent. They're optimistic Ophelias. (laughs) Positive Polly's. I'm just making that up. I was going to say, those are some fun little name ditties. They're just coming out of my brain. I've heard of those. I slept. (laughs) This is what happens when I sleep. (laughs) Uh, I didn't sleep very well. (laughs) Don't worry. I'll get the alliterations going for (laughs) you. So another thing that can help is having a sense of community. This is your pre-protective factor before shit hits the fan. So if you already feel connected, if you already have a sense of belonging, you're already engaged in a group, that could be church, that could be chess club, that could, I mean, it could be a kickball league. Yeah. Any kind of community, organization, as long as you're actively engaged, that can be preventative for negative things down the road. Right. It, as long as it's not like a community as in like a gang. It has to be a healthy community. <laughs> right. Yes. A pro-social community. <laughs> pro-social community. Yes. Exactly. So they're safe, they're consistent, and they meet basic needs. Yeah. However, a large part of resiliency comes down to how you interpret the life event. How does it come across in your mind? So these are your post-event factors of whether you will succeed or have some difficulty after a negative event. Right. And there's been over 300 studies involving resiliency. And from those, they've kind of identified six characteristics that are common. So Mm. we're going to kind of break those down. So we have perspective, we have optimism, connection, finding meaning, acceptance, Self-care and self-soothe. So those are the six characteristics that we're going to break down. Ah, perspective. So perspective is what is your point of view? Where do your thoughts go when something negative happens? And when you change your thoughts, your mood follows. So keeping in mind that when you're having just a whole bunch of negative thinking patterns Mm -hmm. after a negative event, they tend to precipitate negative mood. So if you imagine a worst case scenario preparing you for the worst, which rarely goes quite the way we imagine, and when the good things happen, we aren't prepared and we miss it. You can prepare for the worst, but you really do. It's that hope for the best. Right. You want to have that idea in mind that things could go well. You're kind of, you've got a perspective of what sorts of things to pay attention to, to be grateful for, right? It's like you're not missing the little positive nuggies that are out there. You've got perspective that things could be worse. You've got perspective that here are the little things to be grateful for. So it's just like a zoomed out view basically of that my little struggle here is not the thing even if it's not little but like that there are lots of struggles out there and that 
mine is not the end all be all thing. Right. That that I can still persevere through this, that there's still a few other good random tiny things that are happening, even if they are just super tiny. Yeah. And if you can't help but imagine the worst case scenario, which I do, it's just a thing. Like there is nothing I can do to stop that. I have tried. What you can do instead is also imagine the best case. Yeah. So just add that add in there. In. You don't necessarily need to stop. I think a lot of people think they need to just stop and end a negative thinking pattern. My Which experience, is really hard to do. You can't oh, just God. you can't just stop it when you've been doing it for years. Yeah. And especially when you have an active mind, that yeah. stuff is really hard to just it just floats there. It's yep. a pattern. And that's okay. It's just more add in the alternatives, imagine right. the other things, and focus on the things you're grateful for, focus on the things that could go well, focus on the fact that there are other people that have different struggles, right? Yeah. Just zoom out, just intentionally zoom out is all we're asking. Again, it's kind of like that you find what you're looking for situation. So like we've talked about before, how say you get a new car and you're like, oh, this is such a unique, awesome new car. And then you're driving around and you're like, what the fuck? Everybody has this car. <laughs> right, right, right. You it's know what you pay attention to. Yeah. So by adding that in, you're you're allowing yourself to see those smaller positive mm-hmm. things or those other things that are going on that are good instead of only honing in on every single negative thing that's happening. Right. It's not that you don't acknowledge the negative. It's just you add the positive. So on that note, what's the next one? optimism yes again optimists do recognize that life has problems they are not ignorant no they're not ignoring reality they're not they're not just it's not toxic positivity it's like it's not like suck it up everything's fine other people have it worse and right you know you should be grateful for all the things you have it's not that it's more of a different sort of energy yeah it's more a belief that they can improve their life and most problems through a persistent consistent effort Right. Like, it's, I get to, that belief in themselves. Yeah. Like, no matter what life throws at me, I will survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a new song out that says, oh, what was it? It's an Ed Sheeran and Russ song where they're like, used to be I would cower at adversity and now I look at it in the eye and say, try me. Ooh. Like, and I kind yeah. of get that vibe out of optimism. It's not that you don't understand that something is negative or acknowledge it. You do acknowledge it's negative. Yeah, because you, again, you have to acknowledge those emotions. You yeah. have to acknowledge the struggle. Yeah, you can say this is fucked up, but if you are more pessimistic, then you'll say it'll be like this forever. There's nothing I can do to change it. Optimists will say, actually, I'm pretty hopeful that there is something I can do to make this more passive palatable for me. Right. That's the difference. Exactly. It's your ability, the belief in your ability to cope. One step at a time, you're going to get through it. You're going to work it out. You're recognizing that things are temporary. Again, Mm -hmm. you see hope. This too shall pass. This is, you know, just in this moment sucks or just today kind of sucks. Tomorrow Mm -hmm. could be better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're not polarizing, right? They're not thinking things in black and white. They're not using the always, the never. And apparently only about 20% of people are naturally optimistic. Like, Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Only 20% of people just kind of naturally come by it. But it is something that you can grow work on. and work on and yeah. become. Do you think that you are naturally that way? Maybe, kind of. I don't know. I feel like I was yeah. and then I wasn't and then I yeah, was again. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's not like there, – it's like there the introversion, def- extroversion. You're just kind of in the middle. Sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think an- initially I maybe was as a youth and then life threw some curveballs that maybe made me struggle a bit with it. And yes. Then, but I've been able to circle back around. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm circling back. I so deeply want to not be an optimist, but I am no matter what – like – no matter the circumstances, it is like I honestly 
kind of believe it's biological. Remember those studies mm. about short alleles and long alleles affecting depression, anxiety? Yeah. I honestly think I just have like a bunch of very long alleles and I just got that genetic setup because by all accounts, my shit should not be optimistic. There is like no, yeah, I should not. <laughs> There should be no reason for me to be like, oh, yeah, but no matter what, I just describe myself as a disappointed optimist. I'm like, it'll work out this time. <laughs> this yeah. is going to, or I like behave as if I'm optimistic. I was going to say, yeah, I think even when I have, even when I was in the deep struggles where I wasn't quite as optimistic, you I behave. still behaved that way. I still made an effort. I think that's to... natural optimism. I do. Fair enough. Yeah. Because like, wh- why would you behave that way? right otherwise if you didn't have some sort of proclivity for it right but i definitely know people who are not naturally that way no and that's hard it is that's really hard and i can understand why this would be one to a real resiliency factor that would seem like something that really does need to be overcome Mm -hmm. but again it can't just like every behavior just like every thought pattern just like all of those things it can be learned yep Absolutely, it can. Just like introversion, extroversion, you can teach yourself extroversion skills. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So the next thing that is a resiliency factor post-event is connection. So when we're upset, often we default to isolation and we think that nobody else is going to understand us. We're a burden. But actually sharing an experience with other people, even if they only get some parts of it, is very powerful. And expressing ourselves, talking about our struggle helps us to gain a feeling of connection. I think this is why therapy is so powerful. Yeah. Really? It, I agree. I mean, even if even if your therapist is semi-terrible, even if- There's just if, like a bump on a log yeah. and they're just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, I feel like there's still something to be said about just sharing that struggle and expressing it and verbalizing it. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Having a warm body that is a receptacle that hears your struggle is actually does really help, even if it's just minimal. Now, shoot, if you get somebody that's actually validating, the sky's the limit. (laughs) (laughs) And again, with that connection, we can do that by engaging in our community with our friends, our coworkers, doing spiritual practices, volunteering, engaging in online communities. I mean, even with strangers, we can just like smile or nod and increase some of those feel-good chemicals in our brain yeah, um, and decrease some of those stress hormones. So just trying to do a little bit of something to help you f- get out yeah. and connect in yeah. some fashion or another is going to help you progress through whatever struggle you're facing. Sometimes I don't want to have a full-blown conversation with somebody because I feel like there's a possibility that they take all my jelly beans from me. So <laughs> I will do something like I'll go to a coffee shop and I will just chat with the barista, for example, I'll just right. order a coffee and be like, hey, how's your day going? Oh, cool. Neat. Tell me about your favorite drink here. Just like a like really quick in out. I'm just connecting on, hey, we both like the same drink or hey, we both I've been a barista. You've been a barista. What's yeah, up? Yeah. You know, just a small little thing that provides us like a similarity and then I can get in and get out. Like I get a little nuggy from that. I feel good. Just right. a little connection. It doesn't have to be a huge no, thing. No. And especially when you are kind of feeling kind of daunted by the idea of it, when you are really wanting to isolate, mm-hmm. I think doing those smaller things are a good step. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I text people a joke 
I, <laughs> like, like I'll just I'll text him like a funny video, a meme, or a joke, yeah. just something that's really low stakes. But I find that I can always connect with people on a sense of humor, mm-hmm. and then I don't have to necessarily always reveal the whole big dark deep. But it helps me still feel like I'm part of a herd yeah. of some kind. So there's lots of ways to connect. It doesn't have to be necessarily over the struggle. No. You can kind of like turn the channel in your brain and be like, you know what? I actually don't want to think about that right now. Yep. I don't know about you. Do you ever get tired of hearing yourself bitch about the same thing? <laughs> like you're you're complaining about something and it's like really annoying to you. And you're like, I'm really tired of talking about this now. Yeah. yeah like yeah. you just, you're like, okay, that's terrible and I hate it. And, and I'm, I'm not going to focus on it anymore. Yeah. I don't want to focus on it. I don't want to think about it. It is what it is at this moment. Yeah. You get annoyed with yourself. You're like, I have talked about this so many times at this point. Let's just talk about memes or something, TikToks. I don't give a shit. Just anything else. Sometimes that can be helpful, right? Talking about the thing or distracting from the thing. You can do a little bit of both. Exactly. The next one is finding meaning in the struggle. So we are not saying, let me be really clear, because I actually don't believe this. I'm not saying like, oh, everything happens for a reason. I think that can be really invalidating to say to people. That shit would piss me off. (laughs) So what we're actually saying is that the research shows that people who look for meaning in an event are more likely to be resilient. So for example, let's say, say I lose my job. Somebody who would look at that and try to say, okay, what can I get out of this? Or right. what how can, can I, I grow learn? from this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My my one thing is always when something bad happens, and I think this is one of my re- personal resiliency factors, is how am I going to use this struggle to benefit myself? Right. I ask myself very specifically, what in this struggle can I use as a tool, like Bane, Moving forward. Yep. <laughs> making the darkness is bitch like that's kind of like i kind of get that attitude like same the darkness comes at me i'm like okay darkness how am i going to use darkness judo towards and and use the strength of the darkness to leverage into my own strength later right yeah it's like transmuting the dark to light yeah exactly (laughs) like come at me i'll suck you up and i'm gonna turn you into extra light force energy yeah (laughs) it's like it's like when the enemy comes at you and fights you but in fighting you they reveal their fighting style secrets yes so then you take their fighting style information and integrate it into your own fighting style and now you cannot be defeated by them again yes <laughs> exactly yeah that's exactly it i i was actually thinking of another video game <laughs> when i was talking about that there's a video game where you watch you're a samurai you watch somebody else's fighting style when you're fighting them mm-hmm. and they use this really forceful style against you and your whole thing is like i'm gonna watch this for four or five times and i might take some damage while i'm interacting with this fighting style but as i take the damage i learn something each time when i take the damage so then i inevitably find the fighting style use it back against them right that's kind of how i think about finding meaning in something traumatic i agree Unfortunately, often our default is not wanting to acknowledge the struggle. We don't even want to look. We don't even want to know that we're in a fight. Right. Yeah. Like, what fight? I don't even care about the fight. What right. darkness? What's happening? I don't know. Nothing, nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to see. <laughs> yes. Yes. But reality is we have to process it. We have to release it. We have to explore it and be curious of our feelings and just that whole situation and the struggle to help us kind of again grow through that difficult time you know in the moment we're not going to feel like we're growing in the moment it's going to be painful and awful right but if we can start to kind of process it and try to experience it 
and reflect on it as we go through it, then we can grow through it. So again, process. What am I feeling? Sit with it. Feel it. Validate it. Again, Mm -hmm. we're not trying to push it off. What is actually happening here? Yes, yes. What is actually happening? We're exploring my favorite one of all time. And I think this is a perspective. This could go under perspective too, is curiosity. Yeah. So you want to have an openness to it, like not just shut it down immediately, but have a genuine, open, non-negative, non-judgmental language conversation about what the hell this is that's going on here. Because again, like if you lose your job, for example, that has a negative valence already. Mm -hmm. But if you take a curious approach of okay, this has shut this door. I see which door this shut. Which door did this open? Right. What was the opportunity cost of the job I was in maybe? Yeah. And what are the possible alternative avenues? And I can be genuinely curious about those avenues instead of being judgmental about them. It will allow you to have more resilience and problem solve out of the situation easier. Right. Yeah. How can I make this benefit me? What can I do to make this make me better from this? How can I learn from this? How is this happening for me instead of why is this happening to me? Yeah, exactly. Darkness judo. It's just I always look at it like, come at me, bro. Let's fucking do this. And that way you can have a sense of control over the situation too. Yeah. And again, exploring that emotion, like what is, why is this upsetting? What would make it feel better? Mm-hmm. How can I soothe myself through the situation? Mm-hmm. What can I do to feel better even if I can't change the circumstance? And then, then we're going to also, you know, you're going to ride the wave. You're going to release it. You could ride it. You could throw it away. You could share it with someone. Yeah, whichever. Whatever. The next skill is acceptance. This is like my, <laughs> this is my other thing. I just accept things are like terrible very quickly. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like, I just don't, like, don't struggle against it. I don't know if that's a trauma response or what. But I I think acceptance, uh, radical acceptance is really important. And we actually did talk about radical acceptance in episode 42. So we have a real big episode on this if you want to go back to it. But a lot of it is just about focus what's in your control, right? So you're like, okay, I can't control this piece, this piece, this piece, this piece. And just when you find yourself coming back to it, but it sucks, but this, but that, There's kind of that old saying, it is what it is. I find myself in those moments of things I cannot control, which is saying that I used to hate, but I'm like, yep, that is what it is right right now. There's- That's the part I can't change. That's how the cookie crumbles. Yep. Sucks. The end, right? And you move to what you can control. You focus on what's your responsibility, what's not your responsibility, and you remind yourself what you're doing well. Yeah. And that you're doing the best that you can. And that's enough. You know, Mm -hmm. as long as you're trying, as long as you're waking up and getting out of bed each day, like find those little things and and pat yourself on the back for the efforts that you are making, no matter how small. Yeah. And again, you're you're just like, okay, this this part I can't do anything about, but the parts that I can, I'm trying. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, is even if the situation is about you and it is personal, try to find the places where it is not personal. Right. right? So if somebody is coming at you like a spider monkey all the time, remember trying to focus on, okay, this is about them. They are right. clearly a mess in these particular ways. And focusing on, you know, the I cannot control. I have an acceptance of I can't control their behavior. No. There is nothing in my power here to, I mean, All I can do is say what is in my values, behave in a way that is within my values, remove myself from the situation if I have to. I have an acceptance that I can only control me and I accept that I cannot necessarily control or really sometimes even influence them. Yeah. 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 
I mean, sometimes you can, but I find more often than not, you really can. No, it's better to go in there with the idea that you can't. Like, yeah. Again, go in with your values and you can hope for the best and mm-hmm. hope that you can help them see the light or maybe not respond in such a spider monkey way. Yes. But ultimately, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do and you can only manage your response. Right. And right. again, if they're coming at you, it's probably more about them and their struggles than it is about you and what you've done, even right. if that's what they're saying. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So the final one is self-care and self-soothe. What is that one? That is after and during those difficult events, we really do have to remember to continue to take care of ourselves. We have to engage in those adequate nutrition, rest, exercise, move and play, you know, re-engage with life even when it's dark. (laughs) Socialize, engage in those hobbies. Those self-soothing things can really help us when we're feeling distressed and when we're really feeling overwhelmed. Take the time for yourself. Acknowledge that you're in this shit moment, but redirect yourself towards something that's going to help you kind of cope and manage through it. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that a lot. And I think that self-care is just such a critical, I mean, we we say it over and over again, but self-care is a behavior. It is. So for what that's worth. And it and it's to be fair with the world that we live in, it's a hard thing to engage in. A lot of times we aren't given enough time in our life to take the time for it. So we really have to make the time for it. And that's hard. Right. Like fuck I suck I struggle at it myself sometimes. But but it's so freaking important and it's something that we need to always try to be conscientious of and make some sort of effort for. Yeah. Absolutely. So based on this our resiliency discussion, what do we want to try for the Outside of Podcast experiment? So kind of like we were saying, overall, I do feel like I'm pretty fucking resilient, to be fair. I think you are too. I think you've got a lot of these factors. But lately, I could use a boost in my optimism, I think, (laughs) (laughs) and in my perspective. So I'm going to do some gratitude exercises. I know we've done them before, but it's a good one to to lean on to help with that stuff. So I'm I'm going with that. Oh my God. That is one that... Okay, there are like three things that I know if I did it, I can't remember the third right now, but that are very in line with this. That I know if I did them, I would feel so much better. And I just never do them. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Gratitude is one of them. Gratitude exercises. Because when I do them, I'm, I immediately shift and I feel better immediately. Mm-hmm. And they have to be specific. It can't just be like the same thing every day. Yeah, you can't use that, the same ones all the time. Yeah. And sometimes it helps to just focus on one thing that you're really excited about and grateful for. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier. Another thing that I never do but should do is mindfulness. Yeah. And, yeah. And then the third thing, I can't remember what it is, but I know that it's there. <laughs> but I, I think I'm going to be with you here on the gratitude portion of the Outside of Podcast experiment. I really, I really phone it in on that uh, yeah. a lot in terms of. I almost feel like I might need to write it down or I do better when I do it with my partner. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. If I when do your verb, like you're mm-hmm. actually express instead of just in your head, you're yeah. getting it out in some way, vocally, written, verbally, whatever. Yes. Yes. He actually, we've both talked about in a number of ways that when we do it with each other, it's really helpful because it actually ends up like deepening it a bit more. So, Aww. if I say to my partner, hey, we got to do the three good things because I'm just in a, 
real funk. Yeah. And he'll name three good things that happened that day. It's like really specific or th- it's, it can be three good things, three things you're grateful for. And sure. I'll do it too. And usually a lot of times there's things that we both have in common. So that ends up being six good things that we both have. So, and then we have a positive discussion and it's kind of like deepening that enjoyment. So it's, it can be like a couple's activity too. I like that. Yeah. It really works out. And he's noticed how he has said to me that really changes my mood. And I know it changes my mood. I don't know why I don't do it. It's, I know it's a resiliency factor. I don't get what my block is there. I think it's just a habit thing. Yeah. It, it's it's just a creating habits. a habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel you. Same here. I mean, same, like, frick with the mindfulness activities, yeah. with the, yeah, gratitude. I agree. It's it, all these different coping skills. I, I know the difference they make, but yep. taking the time and making them a habit. They get away from you. bitch sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it is. Damn it. Maybe I'll really just focus in on the three good things this I like week that. and see if that does anything and really just like it usually when i have an accountability buddy they will that makes a difference that's easy it does for me. that's yeah. a good yeah good point i think when you are trying to change a habit having somebody who's holding you accountable to it yeah makes a big difference yeah somebody who wants to do it with you too and yeah. gets benefit from it too yeah so that there's double motivation i'm better at not letting somebody else down than i am at not letting myself <laughs> down which is like, common i think yeah so. And, and so if i make not letting myself down about somebody else i can kind of trick myself yeah <laughs> i'm like no, no no this is about them but if yeah. it's really about see, me see that's that jujitsu yeah. that you learn. <laughs> yeah mental <laughs> jedi tricks jedi tricks come here shake your shrink things for jedi mind tricks <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to I have to Jedi myself. Ugh. Anyway, yeah. so do you have a joke for me today? I have a couple. Oh. But they aren't necessarily on the topic. To no, mine isn't either. Okay. <laughs> How does Lady Gaga like her steak? Oh, I got it. Ra 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 ah ah ra ra yeah yeah yeah. Ah, you knew that. One. I no, I just I guessed, but that, that was, was a good guess. Yes, yeah, that was good. I, I love that. I I enjoy that. Okay, I just had a very easy one related to becoming a parent. Ooh, okay. So when does a joke become a dad joke? When when it becomes a parent. Oh, <laughs> oh you even gave it away. Oh, I, I, gave, I gave I gave it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? Uh, I don't know. One's pretty heavy and the other's a little lighter. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I know. (laughs) I hate it. I hate hate that I was fooled by that. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for our conversation about resilience. Yeah. And don't forget to check out our Patreon www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink things and check out all of our social media we have the instagram we have the facebook we have the tri- the twitter trigger <laughs> we have the trigger yeah <laughs> whatever that is I don't know. <laughs> we have that uh email us shit your shrink things at gmail.com and we have been noticing an increase in the amount of people who are following us yes. who are liking us rating us subscribing so please subscribe up. to it the podcast yes it's it's really actually uh kind of getting our numbers up there so uh, no big deal right we're just an independent little podcast and i see all these other podcasts that are you know from oprah or freaking obama or freaking yeah. you know it's like we're competing against these really big deal companies so right. hey help the underdog help these yes. two people in this random 
random room in a house. Right. With a random ass room with laundry surrounding us. Yes. On the floor. Yes. Help us. Help us, please. We're fighting against Obama. We're we're fighting against Oprah. What are we supposed to do? Office ladies. Yes, and the office ladies. We need your help. We are not famous. So like we are not famous. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, one day though. One day we'll be podcast famous. That's my best idea. I know that would that would that's a goal, guys. It's a goal. Help us achieve that goal. Yeah, hashtag goals. Yeah. I know how to use hashtags now. (laughs) (laughs) I still kind of phone that in. (laughs) Did you oh my God, did you know there's an app that helps you understand hashtags? Okay, anyway, we'll talk about this offline, but this is brand new information to me, so I will let you know. Thank you. I bet you I still won't understand. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna say that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing can help me now. No. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.